0: asking ourselves, how did we get here as a civilization? How did we get to a point where we have decentered the raising of children as the most important thing in our culture? How did we think how did we get tricked into thinking that that wasn't the most important thing and that it was okay to let all the structures that supported that fall away? and to let children be these isolated, lonely creatures that nobody was aware of, the welfare of. You know, how did we get here? And how do we get back?
1: What happens when you begin healing childhood trauma? Similarly to healing from any other form of trauma, when you start healing, It doesn't feel great at first, though it is a journey well worth the effort. Also, you become aware of how abuse is constantly everywhere you go. How do you cope with that new awareness being right in your face every time you see people interacting? I wish I had answers to these questions. Truth is that I am still very much in the middle of figuring this out myself. This week, I will continue my conversation with Gabrielle Marchant, a relationship recovery process therapist who focuses on helping his clients heal from childhood trauma. Gabrielle and I will talk about some very hard topics, including what good therapy can look like, what not good therapy can also present as, the importance of making children a priority, getting your full self back online, how can we become a part of the solution, and so much more. Hi, I am Raisa, a survivor of narcissistic abuse, and I have complex post-traumatic stress disorder. And you are listening to Hello Trauma Brain, a podcast where I share my experiences living with complex PTSD. My hope is this podcast can help destigmatize mental health and provide support to anyone diagnosed with CPTSD, who thinks they might have it, or has a loved one with this diagnosis. Quick reminder, I am not a licensed psychologist or mental health care professional and this podcast is not meant to replace nor substitute the care of psychologists, other mental or medical health care professionals. If you think you might have complex PTSD or PTSD, please reach out to your primary care or mental health care provider. Any individuals and resources mentioned in this episode are not sponsoring Hello Trauma Brain. The Views thoughts, and opinions expressed by this week's guest are solely their own and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of Hello Trauma Brain and the host. This episode may reference trauma or abuse and listener discretion is advised. Remember, you can always pause or skip this episode at any time. And now, let's get back to the episode. Hello, dear survivors, and welcome to this episode of Hello Trauma Brain. Thank you for joining me today. If you are listening on YouTube, a dental reminder to subscribe and hit the like button to let me know this episode was helpful. Quick check in. I had my first session with my new RRP group. That is right. I am doing the relationship recovery process. Still sitting with how I felt about the first session and I am feeling excited to continue the process. I also started looking into gatherings near me to help me stay connected. I have been battling feelings of isolation lately. Part of it is that I have been really busy and it is really hard to schedule things when the calendar is looking pretty packed. Now, I want to thank those of you that shared last week's episode and reached out to let me know how it impacted you. Quite frankly, I am so grateful for every time you've done this with previous episodes too. Now, even though every single episode is always very important to me, I will say last week's episode in particular got a bit more traction uh, than recent episodes and um, I'm I'm sitting with that and I am glad that you are resonating with this content. Personally, every time I re-listen to this interview, I discover something new. This week, Gabrielle and I are going to talk about some really hard things. There might be some parts that might feel intense and triggering, and please listen to your body and take breaks as needed. There were times when Gabrielle and I hesitated for a moment, yet said the thing anyway, because the time has come to have these conversations. It is really important to acknowledge the challenges we are facing and there is no growth without speaking the truth. Before we continue, I want to again acknowledge that therapy might not be accessible to some of you listening due to its cost, lack of resources, not feeling like the people you are finding are a good match, and I'm sure many other reasons that I cannot even begin to list here. And I will reiterate that this conversation is still very important as we need to talk about what treatments are available for complex post-traumatic stress disorder, and I think it's important to also bring awareness to some of the issues that Gabrielle and I are going to be talking about today. If you want to see the actual footage of this interview, you can head over to the Hello Trauma Brain YouTube channel. Do note that the only video footage included in this episode will be for the interview portions. Now, this is part two of this interview with Gabrielle Marchant. If you have not seen part one and would like to experience that as well, I invite you to take a listen to last week's episode, which includes part one of our conversation. Lastly, I will leave the pauses in this episode too. It has been quite the experience for me to begin learning to let spaces be in conversations and not to feel obligated to fill in any gaps. There will be one pause in particular that might have you thinking maybe something went wrong with the episode. I think if you are watching the footage, the pause might not be as noticeable. Now I do want to invite you to notice how those spaces feel like for you and sit with the feelings that come up as you listen. Now, without any further delay, enjoy the rest of my conversation with Gabrielle Marchand.
0: You know, there's something which people sometimes ex- experience when they're childhood trauma survivors and they've been to more conventional talk therapies. And people are trying to, a therapist might be trying to um, do a bit of CBT with you and might be trying to reframe experience
2: Mm.
0: and it feels um it feels like you are being um molested the experience Mm. of this therapist trying to reframe something which you is a real part of your experience say the way that your father made you feel Your father always undermining you, and therapist might be like, you know, you might maybe he was just trying to help you, you know, and there's something in you which just goes like like that because you know that you're supposed to trust this person, right? You know, and um and not having to do that, not having to reframe if anything people often need help reframing to to the truth that it was worse than they're saying it was and not the other way around. And to me, being able to do that with people, being able to affirm that, because what I have found in this work is the person who is seeking recovery is not crazy. They're not sick. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with their brains. That they, they are people who are very hurt, and and um, those experiences which they recount are to be taken at least at face value. That this that they're telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, none of it and often they need help to really feel how bad it was. Um rather than to to mentally reframe it as something that shouldn't be hurting that much you know if it hurts yeah. it hurts it you know there's no it's you're not imagining it's hurting mm-hmm. um yeah i hope that answers the question
1: oh it, it it did and i i uh there was one word that came to me as you were speaking about this experience. It's a betrayal. There's a betrayal from a therapist that does that. And I've, I've sadly experienced that once. Mm. And, um, I want to say it was right before I switched, like once this one, I, I mean, I've, I've had many, so I won't say which one, but there was a particular therapist that I shared a story with them. And, um, also, I also don't name my abuser so I won't know I won't say who it was but I had an abuser threaten to murder another another of my abusers to get me to leave he said if you don't leave I'm gonna do this and I remember telling this therapist that story and they said they were just trying to protect you and I think I had one more session with that person and I couldn't. I couldn't get past it. I just couldn't get past it. And I. I'm so grateful for you sharing and bringing that piece into this conversation because, I. I believe in therapy. I've. I've been in therapy, and I've encountered my share of, um, good therapists. I've. I. I. I had my share of experiences where, it didn't quite help me, and if anything, it, it might have made things worse for me, and I. I now have a trauma trained therapist that I'm very happy with. And I I, loved, I love that you're talking about this because I know there's a lot of survivors out there who when they had that experience, they gave up. And actually that give up is not the right word. They lost hope in therapy. They they couldn't, they didn't have the experience they should have had, that, should have, like, that shouldn't have happened to me. Let's start there. And for many survivors, they get these betrayals. They go to therapy to get heal, healing and validation and to have someone finally believe them. And when that didn't happen, that was it. Therapy went out the window and I completely understand that stance too. But I, I wanna highlight here, you know, there are good therapists out there. There are good therapy modalities that do work. Uh talk therapy did some things for me and some things uh I that's why I switched. You know, there was only so much talk therapy could do for me, but I love having someone like you here on the podcast, like anyone listening, if you've had a bad experience with therapy, I I urge you to just listen for a moment. Just listen. You don't have to get into therapy tomorrow, but do take in that there are there are therapists out there who are not betraying their pa- patients and who are doing this work. And I think it's so important to see the good example of what good therapy can look like and a therapy modality that can help a survivor can look like. Because, there's again, there's so many therapy models and not everything works for everybody. But for as a survivor of trauma myself, I can say personally, it's a... It's like finding, a, it, find, it feels like finding a needle in a haystack to get a good therapist and a good modality. And I, I, I thank you again for bringing this into, into the conversation because I feel like a lot of the voices out there are like, forget about therapy. It doesn't work. And I want to say to you, if you're listening and if, that, and if that is what you've heard, not all therapists are bad and it can work. And I'm so glad I kept looking for somebody and I kept going after what happened. And and again, thank thank you so much, Gabrielle. I think this is so important.
0: And it's important to raise that, I think, Rasa, because um people looking for help can think that they're crazy. That, that that it just doesn't like you know, like they just don't get this therapy thing. Mm-hmm. And a very difficult reality for for us in the helping professions to contend with, is that there are, there's a lot of problems mm-hmm. in the helping professions. Yeah. And um, um, Patrick often talks about this, not wanting to throw the other <laughs> therapists under the bus. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a reality that I feel is really important to acknowledge for the sake of clients, for the sake of people seeking help, because you can be gaslit into thinking that your problems are so bad that even a professional with 10 years of schooling can't help you. Wow. You know, if I, to my mind, if you're a psychiatrist and you, are, and you are looking at somebody with childhood trauma and you don't know what's going on, you need to take a serious look at yourself. And why you are doing what you are doing. Yep. Because there is no doubt in my mind that a, that a lot of people in these professions are basically there because it gives them a lot of power over people.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that that is, I don't know how you regulate for that. I don't know how you address that on a on a regulatory level. I don't know how you sort those kinds of people out. And there is isn't there are other people who just I don't know I'm 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 reluctant to say this but I think it's the truth a lot of people who basically think it's a nice living to be able to just uh, listen to people and nod occasionally mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and that that and that is um that's that really betrays people who are very serious about trying to find help for problems that there are actually solutions to yeah. there are actually ways to help people with childhood trauma and childhood trauma makes up a very large proportion of the people who are suffering it, the fact that it is not well acknowledged as yet as, a, as as the primary cause of mental suffering is is the fault of of the the, the field it's not the fault of of people looking for help, the problems with people have not changed significantly in the last 150 years. You see it with Freud, going all the way back to Freud. You know, mm-hmm. he went into denial about the reality of his own patients and what they were suffering, and he ended up calling it, uh, you know, calling it fantasies and all kinds of stuff, and and just to protect the society from the reality that abuse was happening in middle-class homes to children. You know, Um, that kind of denialism of very observable reality. You want to see childhood trauma? You just look in the, I mean, you have to be a stalker to do this, but look in the window of any suburban home. and, and, And out of every 10, a certain proportion of those homes, you will see children being mistreated. In often in ways that will be very hard for those children to understand when they grow up. They will just think that you are, that they are irritating. Mm -hmm. They'll just say, oh, I am just an irritating person. Mm. You know? Or or I am just needy. You know? Or I am just this, or I am just that. Um, And really, they're not. Uh, They were mistreated. And and in in some sense, if there is a if there's enough mistreatment, that it becomes obvious that it's mistreatment. There is a terrible way in which that is a blessing, because then at least you know. And at least you know I was abused. For many many people, it takes a very long time if they ever reach that conclusion, that the the root of their sufferings that they were mistreated they didn't get the inheritance that they were owed from them
1: wow gabrielle i i i think what you said is extremely important and very true sadly and i'm gonna i'm gonna go as far as to say we don't even have to be stalking into the homes Go out yeah. to a store. I see. I, I, yeah, I, I'll, go, I'll go out to Target or, or a, a, anywhere in public. Mm. And I, it makes me shiver to think about what could be happening behind closed doors, because if this is what they're doing in public, if I'm seeing mm. this at a store with a good 20, 30 people walking by, I don't even want to imagine what's mm. happening behind closed doors. It's everywhere. Mm. It's it's one of those things like once you see it, you can't unsee it. And I I often struggle with that. I almost like want to call child services, just have them on speed dial and start calling them every five minutes. And I, I mean, I can't do that. But it's it really is a chronic issue. And I and I have to say, I mean, I'm in I'm in the United States. You're in South Africa. I've done work with survivors of abuse. And I've seen people come from all areas, all countries. I mean, it's everywhere. This is not just in the US. It's not just in South Africa. It's it's a it's a human rights issue. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And going back to that denial you were talking about, like that's speaking about the root of the problem. I think a lot of issues start with that denial. you deny your history of trauma you don't do anything about it and it's inevitable that you will pass that on to whoever comes near you this is not just about families anymore and we're talking about your peers at school your co-workers people at church anyone who comes near you an animal comes near you and I it's part of the reason I started this podcast because I feel like we need we need to bring these issues to light. I've I've almost had it with survivors living in darkness, and the abusers getting the spotlight, and I'm angry about it. Mm. It's it's heartbreaking. Uh, we even have to have this conversation. Quite frankly. I, I'm so sorry that you are a childhood trauma survivor. I'm sorry you experienced what you did to get to this point. Should have not happened to you. And I'm grateful that, and relieved to hear that you found a path and a, and a, and a healing path that has worked for you and has helped you get better. And it's, I mean, for me, from where I'm standing, I'm, I'm just hopeful. I'm like gushing over here like, oh my gosh, this is fucking possible. Like what? <laughs> this can happen, and and yes, it can, and it's, it's it's such a it's it's such a hard thing to reconcile because I feel like as as we get better, it really starts seeing all the problems around us too, and if, if there's anything. A little bit more heartbreaking that, than what happened to us is seeing someone going through this, and we can't do anything to help them because they need to help themselves, and they need to also see it for themselves. And yeah. uh, and let, yeah. let
0: know how to deal with the fact that there's very little that we can do to stop the the abuse that children are currently experiencing. Like when you you know talk about seeing a child in the supermarket
2: yeah.
0: being abused um, there is very little power that we have yeah. but that's not to say that we have no power yeah. and I think that's why you know like what you're doing here is a part of the solution really is and asking ourselves how did we get here as a civilization how did we get to a point where we have De centered the raising of children as the most important thing in our culture. How did we think, how did we get tricked into thinking that that wasn't the most important thing? And that it was okay to let all the structures that supported that fall away and to let children be these isolated, lonely creatures that nobody was aware of the welfare of. You know, how did we get here and how do we get back? Because as far as I, as far as I am concerned, all the, all the social issues that we have, have their root here. Um, if people don't care about any, name your issue. If people don't care about that issue in their community, show me somebody who doesn't care about, an issue like that in their community, and I will show you somebody who was not cared for. You know, that that is, we are meant to be, what we are meant to experience in childhood is a safe place where there is a lot of love and it should hold us and nourish us. And it should be dependable and our parents should be people of whom we are proud and our lineage is something of which we should be proud our ancestors and for many many people that is a gobbledygook sentence what i just said mm. it's a you know or well, they might you know they might say oh but i am proud of my parents you know mm. And meanwhile, you know, dad was beating the crap out of you, and and mom was an alcoholic, and like you know, so there's the the difference between between how things should be and how things are is 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 very vast. Even though we have now so much material comfort at our disposal to numb to numb the anguish of not feeling at home in our own bodies, there's a there's a beautiful um way that um Nhat Hanh, the the Zen master explains this he says if your parents um, didn't love each other and if they didn't if they didn't model that for you if they didn't communicate the if they didn't transmit the 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 values of your culture and of your family and of your lineage to you you will be rootless because because you were not nourished so you did not you would not develop the capacity to absorb nourishment we know for example if if a, a developing infant does not is not exposed to light they've done this terrible scientific experiments with little baby mice and that sort of thing if a little developing child is not exposed to light they will not develop the cells which receive light and if a child is not loved they do not develop the facilities the internal facilities to receive love mm. and and that that is why there is so much suffering and the pain of recovery is very often the pain of growing something that you should have grown as a baby. Whereas as a, as a very young child, mm-hmm. the pain of the pain, of, the pain of growth is enormous.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's very, very great.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it, it is possible, but it is slow and it requires a process um, to do that and it takes a very very long time i think the thing that is hardest and it kind of comes back to the beginning of our conversation the hardest thing to accept as an ex- as a, as a, a survivor of childhood trauma who is seeking recovery is the enormity of the task it is it is what happened to you was monumental It was absolutely monumental. You have been living in the scullery of your own house. You've just been living in that tiny little portion. The rest is full of spiders and ghosts and dust. And it needs to be, it's a big task to chase out all the spookies and to deal with all the monsters you know and to and to to incorporate each of those rooms which may not even feel like they belong to you back into yourself can be very very painful um it is very very painful
2: mm-hmm.
0: but the way that I often think of it is I don't know I don't know if you've ever um I'm sure you have because we all have if you've ever like been sitting cross legged and you you sit on one of your legs for a long time -hmm. And it goes numb. It goes like very numb. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And the longer you sit like that, the number it gets, right? And it's really like it's not even yours. If you Mm -hmm. poke it, you don't feel anything, you know? Yes. So, there we do that to ourselves. We learn, oh, that's not really me, or I'm not allowed to be that, or I shouldn't be that. And we just put stuff on ourselves. We push ourselves down. And like in the instance of your leg, the sort of the energy goes out of it. You stop feeling there. And sometimes that's 90% of what you are is this numb mass that you're not allowed to be. It's too dangerous. It was too dangerous in childhood to be that. And what happens? You get off your leg, right? When you've been sitting cross-legged like that. Firstly, you're very wobbly, you can't stand properly because you can't use this part of yourself properly. Secondly, if you've been sitting on it for a long time, it hurts like hell when the blood starts coming back. And it doesn't just hurt, it feels weird. It feels like, it's like it's pain, but it's also this like funny bone sort of feeling. Um, it feels very disorientating and and uncomfortable. And the same thing happens when we start occupying more of ourselves and letting our life force go back into parts of ourselves that are long repressed. The experience can be really confusing, really icky and uncomfortable, and really painful.
1: Oh, my gosh. Gabrielle, I'm literally sitting cross-legged here. (laughs) Are
0: you gonna the pain? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I literally just like stuck my leg out because I- <laughs> I'm cross-legged constantly, and I, 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 <laughs> my legs are not numb right now, but it's just the irony of like you're talking about it. And I'm just like I am literally doing that right now. Like it's just my constant state, and uh, my my therapist. I see her online, and uh, she'll often be like, she'll ask me like, "How are your legs?" Right now? I was like, "They're crossed." And she's like, "Okay, let's bring let's bring it back to the legs," and I'll mm-hmm. stretch them out. And wow, that that metaphor <sighs> it it, cap- it captures it so well. And what I love about that metaphor is that though it feels weird and it hurts like hell and it's wobbly. You are able to use the leg once everything has settled down. And for you peeps listening to this, that's the message I I think I'm trying really hard to drive home here with with Gabriel being part of this conversation. It is going to hurt like hell. That's Mm. no two ways about it. It's it's not an easy journey. I sometimes wonder, uh, this is something you said earlier, Gabrielle. like, why am I fucking doing this? Why am I fucking doing this? And Mm. that's the reason I'm doing it. I'm doing it because I want to get to the point where I can use my leg again. Yeah. And walk again and have my full self back online and get access to the whole house.
0: Yeah. It's a different experience. Mm. You know, it's like living in color. Um, And I think, I think, you know, if you're ready to do this work, it's normally because you've realized that the pain of, of being numb is worse. That knowing that the, all of this that's inside of you is you. All of that uncomfortable, alien feeling stuff inside of you is you. That that's worse. That's worse than than the most excruciating pain. You know, to to be to be filled with with cold, dead feeling stuff that doesn't feel like you. It's heavy and it weighs you down. You know, when you when you start to realize that is um that's your own body.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And and you you have to make a lot of choices that help to change that reality and help to allow life back into those parts of you. Um then it then it then it's like there's no there is no choice about it. That's the way to go. Um because it, you know it's insane to to you leave your leg numb rather than to feel the pain of 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 the blood coming back into it. you know mm-hmm. you'll limp for the rest of your life if you do that um, and really, if you want to move, you don't have a choice in a sense
1: mm-hmm. 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 Wow. Um, I'm sitting here taking and hearing you speak about this type of work because I like for us like we're, we're all in different different places. I'm definitely not fully healed yet and I'm not integrated yet. And I'm looking at you and I'm like living in color. I want to get there. And um, ironically, I'm wearing a black and white sweater today. Um I feel like sometimes in many ways I'm, there's pops of color that are coming back into my life but I've lived a lot of my life in that black and white just no color state and there's uh there's some of you listening who you you might be living in color already and I hope you are <laughs> and if you're living in black and <laughs> black and white like I have uh for most of my life I I hope you can find hope and and in, in that possibility of of living in color and gosh I I want to be mindful of your of your time. I, 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 I do wanted to ask you uh, one of the questions, Gabrielle, that I, I want to ask for all of our uh, all of the guests that come to Hello Trauma Brain. And it is if you could go back in time in a time machine to a difficult time, what would you tell younger Gabrielle?
0: There's a lot that I tell little Gabriel. Mm. Yeah, I I mean, I do do that. I do go back. Mm. And I do tell him stuff. I tell him a lot of stuff. I tell him I'm proud of him. That there's nothing wrong with him. And there never was. But that the people around him are very sick. And that um that there's a voice inside of him that speaks the truth and um not to let anything convince him otherwise um tell him that he's talented and that he's brave um and that that i'm there for him And
1: Thank that, um, yeah. That's beautiful.
0: Uh, yeah, that's some of what I tell him. Mm.
1: Thank mm. you for sharing. I, I hope he's hearing you loud and clear because it's such, a, such an important message and he deserves to hear it. And uh, I, I echo, he's a delight. <laughs> it's been such a delight to have you both here. Uh, Gabrielle, is there anything that I, I didn't ask you that, uh, that you wish I would have asked you?
0: You you asked me a lot of great stuff. Okay. Um, I I can't I can't think of anything. That's um okay. I, I, I wanted to I wanted to know some things from you. Um yeah. I kind of you know, I thought that that question of, of what um where does this all come from? How did we get here? Why are things like this? I wanted to know what your take on that is.
1: In terms of how did I get to the work that I'm doing or in
0: oh, in terms of how did we how did we end up in a in a in a society where there's so much, mm-hmm. so much childhood trauma and so little acknowledgement of it?
1: Oh my gosh <laughs> that's a that's such a good question. i I feel like... I feel like I, I, it's so big, I can fully grasp in my little brain, like how deep it goes. But to tackle it from what I can see from this little corner of the world, I think, I think humanity has, has we have such a, such a capacity to adapt to the situations that we're in. Mm. And I think in, in, in the ancestry, in the history of humankind, um, I feel like at one point somewhere, I don't know where, but it became adaptive to push it down to survive. And I think it, it, I think it probably explains why we're still here, in in many ways. And it's hurting, it's hurting human, humans deeply all the time. It's almost like it makes me think of what I try to tell my inner child, and I still struggle with this. Like I I do the dialoguing um, on my own, and I've have had I think I'm on volume four at this point. I have like four journals full of of mm-hmm. dialoguing from the past year. But one thing that I that I try to work with with little rice is thank you for the things you did to survive. Thank you for how you coped and how brilliant you were to do those things so we could make it to where we are now. And that doesn't work anymore. That doesn't help us anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'm taking over I'm going to take care of it. And we're going to learn a new way. And I feel like for many people that moment, of realizing, oh, wait, this no longer works. This needs to change. Many people are not getting there. Mm. And it's just getting passed on and on and on and hurting and hurting and hurting. I I think how we got here is such a complicated answer. And at the same time, what motivates me is I am where I am right now. And something needs to be done now. Like this, this cannot go on. Like how we got here. (laughs) It's regardless of how we got here, we're here. And we we need a better way. We just do we deserve a better way. We have that birthright to a better way to evolve, to become better, to improve, to, you know, many moons ago, uh, I wouldn't have these lights. We would have been doing this, like, actually we wouldn't be able to do this from, you know, would have been like, oh, he lives too far. There's no internet, there's no lights. It's like, like both of us would be like navigating our darkness with candle lights and that's it. And and just like technology evolves and all these evolutions come from, uh, for for our species in so many ways, I feel like emotionally speaking, like it's time. It's time to evolve emotionally. It's time to evolve internally and mentally. And I feel like at this point, I'm like going unattended. But I, I, I'm I'm just gonna do it. Uh, earlier, you were talking about how like you know we have the cars or even like in a doctor's office, like we in those fields it makes so much sense mm. to look at the root of the problem in those fields. It makes so much sense that if you're hurting or if the car is, is, is acting up and making sounds or your joints are doing something and it hurts on your shoulder, you go to the doctor, get it fixed. And for so many generations, that wasn't the case for mental health. Our minds, our, our souls were hurting and it was like, I don't see anything. Let's go. And it's time to acknowledge that that mental pain, that emotional pain, it manifests somatically, it manifests in our bodies anyway. So it's causing issues physically. But it's, it's, it's hurting anyway, it's, it's hurting just as much, just as bad as any bruise or cut or whatever. It's it cannot be ignored any longer. And yeah, I feel feel like I kind of half answer your question and half didn't. But...
0: Beautiful, I thought that was very thorough.
1: Mm.
0: Um, a lot there. Um, I think this the thing you talk about this capacity for adaptation is a, a really, really valuable point to bear in mind, because we we get told all the time these days how adaptable human beings are. Normally, when we're being asked to put up with something (laughs) that that is going to be a real imposition, you know, Um, but adaptation comes at a cost. Adaptation is expensive. Yes, we're very adaptable, but does that mean we should be endlessly adapting? Maybe we need to consider that our, our environments should have more stability than they do. The romance of, of an era in which technology allows us to cross oceans in a matter of hours and communicate everywhere at the you know in an absolute instant is is um very hypnotizing. But what about stability? What about the reality of the world directly around us, the one that we actually live in? You know, um, the adapting to a world—you know—we have had to—we we adapt so much, and we can become so disconnected from what's actually going on with us. Mm.
2: Um, I think,
0: you know, there's there's when we adapt, there's something that's lost, and um, and oftentimes what's lost. Is um our grasp on reality as it is. You know, we become confused and we become discombobulated. And it's hard to it's hard to keep a track of reality. We're not we're not gods, you know, we're animals. Mm-hmm. And we can become confused and forgetful mm-hmm. and struggle to have a handle on what's really going on in our own lives. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's a really important point that you then.
1: Thank you and and I'm so appreciative of how how you expanded on it because it even gave me insight. Like I I think what you're saying it's it's so so true and it it goes back to a lot of what uh, survivors are recovering from like lacking that stability lacking that reality and the mirroring and the validation of yes that did happen there's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with you you didn't get it wrong you're not Mm -hmm. crazy or whatever other name people are calling survivors these days like we're, we're seeing the truth we're speaking it
0: very difficult to be the only person seeing the truth in a room full of people who are bought into a, into a convenient line. Um, you know, it, it's it's a natural human thing, and it's an important adaptation that if you perceive a different reality from the people around you, you you assume that you're the one who's wrong. You know, if you if you look up at the sky and you see a red sky, and everybody else tells you it's blue. You assume there's something wrong with your eyes, or or your or your language capacity, or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the trouble is, you know, what we've gotten into now is a, is a a a state of affairs where the minority are often perceiving reality more accurately than the majority, and that's a that the. Um, I don't, I don't think that's always the case and, and it's very difficult for that minority
2: mm-hmm.
0: because you have to find the people who are safe mm-hmm. and it's really tricky for, for childhood trauma survivors often because there is this very um, understandable paranoia about you know, like, well, if it's only a few people, you know, it must be some crazy mm. nonsense, you know. It must be some fringe, uh ludicrous idea. It must be some culty thing, mm-hmm. you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, like, I'm sorry to tell you, but it's actually just that there are very few people who are willing to acknowledge that a, a, a very large proportion, an unfortunately large proportion of families are, is functional to the point that they drive their members to huge suffering.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, that is the reality. Yeah. And um, that is not, that's not a reality you will get verified by a lot of people. Finding those people who will acknowledge the truth of your experience mm-hmm. Um it's
1: very very important mm-hmm. thank you gabrielle and um i'm so grateful i found you like in in this modern era of technology as that is one thing i i mean i stay out social media i only do it for the podcast i rarely go in there for my personal <laughs> personal use even though um I've, I'm not on Facebook anymore, but I I am grateful because Instagram is how how I found you. I, I found one of your posts, and you
2: got to be thankful for that, huh?
1: Yeah, I, I am grateful for for being able to connect with with you, and and for the opportunity to meet those other few that I've that I've been graceful enough to meet, and yeah, we're we're a minority still, but mm-hmm. I. I'm proud of being part of the minority in a way. Like I'm so grateful that I am able to see it. I'm able to do this and I'm able to find people like you. And um, I, yeah, before I keep going down the rabbit holes, I do want to acknowledge the work that you've done I don't want to forget anyone listening who's uh, hearing your name for the first time how can people find you I know you're forming groups of RRP uh, for RRP now Uh, you can let the listeners know how how they can find you and connect with you
0: yeah so I I, I'm forming groups now uh, for RRP groups Um, and because I'm in South Africa I can see clients in the states in the united states all the way to australia so if you're in any time zone there um uh, it's harder to it's harder sometimes for people on the pacific coast and in the mountain time zone to see me because they're very far behind my time zone um but for everybody else um if you're looking for this kind of work um i'm forming groups um so you're welcome to contact me uh my website is Gabriel And um my email is Gabriel at gmail.com. Pretty simple. Um yeah, so that's that. those are my deets.
1: Okay. And uh, for anyone listening, uh, don't worry about the spelling. I will be linking uh, Gabrielle's uh, Instagram, his website and his email to the show notes. So you'll be able to get in touch with him through through those avenues. And I I strongly encourage you to follow him on Instagram because his posts are are quite, quite thought provoking. And I, again, Gabrielle, I want to take a moment to acknowledge the work that you're doing. Thank you so much for your dedication to not only go through your own healing journey, but also help other survivors get to a place of integration where they can le- live freely and joyfully. I am so grateful for your presence here today. You and your inner kiddo have been a delight to have on the podcast. And again, thank you so much for your time.
0: Thank you, Rasa, And thank you for what you're doing. This is really significant, putting yourself out there in this way and being a being a beacon for people to come to and to hear some affirming voice, you know, um, and for having me on. it's I've had a wonderful time. Talking to you.
1: Thank you so much, Gabrielle. All right, survivors. How are you feeling after hearing my conversation with Gabrielle? some things that came up for me as I worked on this episode were noticing how hard it is for me to take positive feedback and talk about how it means the world to me to hear when someone else is, is saying something that's about the work that I am doing. I really struggle with what to say and of course I noticed I did it again as I was editing the episode, not in the moment. Um, yeah, I will... I guess I I do have the privilege of adding additional parts to this. So uh, Gabrielle, thank you so much for for your kind words and and for for your acknowledgement of of the work that I am doing with, with Hello Trauma Brain. And thank you for being a part of this conversation. Another thing I noticed was that sometimes, especially during parts where some really hard topics were being brought up, I started laughing and that is the way my body kicks me off some really painful emotions. Though I am grateful my body is very smart to do that, I will admit it is, it is really annoying not to have much of a say in terms of when it happens. It was such an honor to have Gabrielle on the podcast. And I really hope you found our conversation helpful, validating, and meaningful. I would love to hear from you. Please leave a comment and let us know how this episode impacted you. All right, Gabrielle, I want to extend to you the invitation on Hello Trauma Brain for every episode. I like to offer the listeners something that they can take with them or use as a tool, uh, basically an invitation that can help them in their healing. Is there anything you would like to share with the survivors or invite them to do?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, there's a there's a very powerful visualization which um, which I use as my doorway into into healing work um, that I can that I can share.
1: That would be great. Thank you.
0: So this is something to do whenever you start to feel overwhelmed and It's a very gentle piece of work really a, a way of being with yourself and it's very simple you just need to be able to find a place where you can sit or lie down and be relatively quiet and, and on your own and close your eyes and begin to breathe and follow your breath as it goes deep into you. Follow it as deep as you can. Follow it deep into your belly. And notice what you feel there in your belly. As it expands and contracts. That's where a lot of that darkness sits. where a lot of that hurt sits. Deep in the belly and reflect for a moment on those scary feelings that have come up in your life, that maybe have driven you to do things. Those feelings that you have run from, as if they got you, would be too much. As you breathe and feel that feeling in your belly, I want you to consider that those feelings are in you right now. And they are not hurting you. They wish you no ill will. Those feelings are parts of you. I have their eats on. And that need desperately to come home. And if you can be still like this and breathe. Feel into that place. You may have the opportunity to realize that nothing that is already inside of
2: you can kill you, and it is okay.
0: And that might sound crazy. This is not just so scary, but you are not some delicate thing. You are a human being. You are full of great power and possibility. And you have the capacity
2: to feel all of these things, but by the
0: day by day and incorporate them into who you are. When you, when you feel like that um, experience of Immediateness fades away. The immediateness of the feeling. It's okay to go with it and let yourself forget. Let yourself even doze a little bit. Come out of that. This is merely a way of being with and acknowledging everything that's inside of you as a part of you. And it's not... It's not that you are a thing of pain. It's that you are a person on whom great pain was inflicted. All of those parts of you that are in pain are not themselves pain. Parts of you, you were hurt. And if you can be with them, slowly over time, you will begin to hurt the best. I find that an important practice for me, it is an important practice for me, In the beginning of my work um and i still do it when i need to um to go deep into those parts and accept whatever is there and then to allow myself to pendulate out and not to force myself to stay there any longer than i then feels natural to me Mm -hmm. Because there's so much in there. Um that it takes you can't you can't really some it's, um, it's like being on a journey of a thousand miles. Just take the steps that you can take today. Don't worry about the average. Just just take the steps you can take today.
1: Thank you so much, Gabrielle. And for anyone listening, you are welcome to come back to this episode and do that visualization as many times as you like. And please let me know how the ceiling invitation goes for you if you choose to accept it. Before we wrap up this episode, all music and production is courtesy of Yours Truly. Also, I want to share a few ways you can help support this podcast. You can subscribe and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or the platform you are using to listen. Share this episode with anyone you can think can benefit from this content. Follow Hello Trauma Brain on Instagram with the handle at Hello Trauma Brain Subscribe to the Hello Trauma Brain YouTube channel and hit the notification bell to be the first to know when I post a new episode. And you can make a donation by getting me a coffee through the official bio site. No worries, all links will be provided in the show notes. Thank you for joining me and Gabrielle today. We hope you found this episode helpful. I wish you the best as you get your full self back online and reclaim your house. It is time for our farewell affirmations. You are welcome to repeat after me. I am enough. I am lovable. And I am deserve to heal. I wish you a gentle week and thank you for listening.